just got to get that sh- shoulders back, head up, lose it right there. Right there. Oh, hey, we're live. Hey. Dude, there is not All a right. Um, You want to live in the dream, baby, live in the dream. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I found a spot. This should be interesting. Oh, some interesting art behind this. Yeah, so we're here. We're here live at uh, Quantum. Um, you know, registrations and well, just half started, but uh, we can't get into the media rooms yet. So we're just, you know, doing a work around here. Around. Yeah. So, but you know, beautiful, beautiful day, beautiful place. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be good. We already met some good people, right? Yeah, I met, met a guy named Time. T-Y-M-E, NFT artist, uh, has a DAO, um, was it Lady Lady Day DAO, which is all about, um, you know, helping the homeless and, you know, helping um, women and minorities uh, get presents and fundraising. Really cool concept, but I invite everybody to check them out. We're going to probably have them on the show sometime over the next three days for, for a quick one, yeah. um, but super cool. So already meeting people, having fun. Um, who were you talking to, Brad? I had a quick chat with uh, director of marketing at Phantom, uh, Juan, really mm. good guy. Uh, I've had some other discussions with him. Uh, I'm so impressed with all the changes Phantom's making. There's speakers here today. Andre, he's on a panel. Uh, Juan's on a panel. Um, I guess Harry, he's on a panel somewhere, but he's obviously not Phantom Foundation, and I don't think they uh, acknowledge him as... Uh, I don't know. What's, I don't even know what his little life project is. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, he is he is part of quantum fintech. I mean, he's the head of that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, he is. That's his firm. I, That's his firm. I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to misspeak. I, I thought so. Well, but, uh, evidently, to get press passes, they don't check my Twitter feed because if they had, they would not be pleased. If it's Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, they outsource all that stuff anyhow. And I put out a tweet um, today saying there are some speakers I'm not going to attend because they're no they're negative value to the space. And somebody said, well, who? And I said, one of the four names was Harry Yee. <laughs> oh, well, luckily, um, you know, actually the press teams and the media team has been super cool here. Um, I'll have to look up the names, but, you know, all of them super helpful, super friendly. Um, but I was talking to like one of the I think maybe the one of the head guys at Quantum Fintech, uh, Jason, briefly, and he's he's a super nice guy too. So it looks like it's going to be a good time. Um, lots yeah, of energy already. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Very big phantom orientation, so it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Max Life said, "Max Life said, uh, looking like real media moguls with their own press passes." Uh, Amos said, "Bring Cronjay on the pod. Explain his solidly actions." Unfortunately, Andre is virtual. He is not coming in person. I think he's afraid to come to the United States. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Mr. Muccioli both fixed their hair. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> no, I took a shower before I left, and it's like, I guess I didn't get all the cream rinse out or something, but it's there like. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Joe's getting a bit long, too, people. He's, he's going yeah. to He's going the going for the hippie life, I think, here soon. So. Uh, well, you know, I figured, what, I love it short, but. I'm telling you, man, these day and ages, you know, being a 39-year-old white guy, it's like you just look too harsh when it's short. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I try to soften it up. And, and I would do it because I thought that then people wouldn't, um, you know, I, I wouldn't show as much gray. But now I figured out, you know, heck, if you still got it, you might as well grow it out until yeah. it falls out, right? So Tonight, just um, softening my look. Euphoric said get wrecked at the after party. And uh, tonight is enjoy life. Lift three life party reception. I think that's Harry's project. 
sounds by Julia. No idea what that mm. is, but uh, we will. That's be the Riverwalk one, right? The Riverwalk yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. They, and these are not. Um, it's uh, right over there. These are not the private after parties. These are the party mm. of the conference. And then today we'll find out about the private after parties. But frankly, I'm probably going to go home after the first party. So we'll we'll see. I'm not. Uh, You're not rage until dawn. Dude, you know, I'm averaging four hours of sleep a night for the last uh, four weeks. So probably not a good idea to, for Brad to have drinks and uh, yeah, you know, party. four or five shots. You can wheel your ass home. Be good to go. You can pass out fast. Amos said, bring Andre on virtually. Yeah, I'd love to. Amos said, 39, Joe? Is that his, is that your yeah. age? Well, I mean, plus a. Plus a decade or so, you know. And I shaved. <laughs> I shaved today. I desperately I didn't. That, but I shaved. I, I, I went all out today, man. All out. Just for you guys. Just for you. Just for the audience, right? Yeah. Cleaning up our uh, act. Let's see what's going on in the world. Hey, I got a new episode out. Uh, by the way, I can't share a screen, and I haven't done screenshots, so we're just going to talk. Uh, and this will be a brief show today. We're not going to go the full... The full... Uh, Monty? The full, the full Monty, yes. We're not going to go the full length of the show, but go to uh, missiondefi.com. I've got an interview with the founder of QuickNode. They just closed a $60 million round yesterday. Um, so really impressed with what those guys are doing. Um, and it was a nice interview. Um, you know, the interesting thing is, is looking at the difference, like they're not doing any layoffs even before they raise the money. And one of the things he talked about in the interview was the fact that he does they don't overhire, right? And it's like, Wow, look at that. A guy working in the crypto space who doesn't overhire. You know, they get all this money in and these guys are making bank because they have some of the biggest projects in the world using them. And plus projects like Adobe um, all use them for their infrastructure, for their DeFi and, and encryption stuff. Um, and um, uh, they don't overhire. Right. And the reason is, is because they're experienced. These guys have been in the Internet infrastructure business for 20 years. They built up an entire CDN network that was bought by Komodo, the largest SSL provider in the world. So they know their shit. They're great infrastructure providers. They're moving to decentralize their infrastructure um, into a decentralized model. And they've got centers all over the world. So anyway, I was really, really impressed with them. Sean says, you guys going to have a few drinks with BitBoy? Yeah, if I had a few drinks with BitBoy, I might knock his ass out. So I don't think we'll be doing that. So. Well, yeah, we're going to rip our shirts off and go start screaming. Hey, can't the, can't the bartenders do something? Sean, are you in the BitBoy fan club? I, I, for some reason, I thought I saw you on the list over there. I don't know. It's got Bit in his name. Dublin edition. <laughs> He's the president of the Dublin BitBoy fan club. <laughs> He's got a big poster on his wall with a big I heart BitBoy. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right. So but we'll anyway, tell him you said hi. We'll tell him you said hi, Sean. Yeah, everybody go check out that episode. And uh, on my Twitter feed is the tweet about it. Would love if you could head over there and give a retweet on that. That would be awesome. Uh, Coindesk reporting that Canto Dex trading volumes bumped 200% uh, and mm. the improvement proposal, proposal. So the new proposals that I voted fuck yeah for today um, are, or I will be voting fuck yeah for, uh, is to set up the uh, shared revenue model. So that's the model that kind of differentiates um, Canto from the rest. If you come into the platform and launch your project there and you agree not to charge fees, you will get a cut of all of the gas revenue that you generate. Uh, 
but your revenue will be in, um, uh, represented in an NFT that you can then leverage into lending. So you can be getting Canto tokens that are being paid for gas fees for using your protocol. And then you have an NFT that represents that future revenue. And there's going to be a borrowing or lending mechanism that allows you to borrow against that NFT so you can launch new projects or so you can promote it or you can do whatever. Um, so it's a really cool model. I'm excited about it. You guys can go back and check out uh, my episode with Scott Lewis uh, from Canto, kind of explaining the philosophy and the ethos behind it. Um, but I'm excited for this vote to pass today because uh, it's going to make a big difference um, in kind of moving them forward. And the fact that CoinDesk is actually covering Canto like, uh, you know, Canto decks like a legitimate project tells me it's starting to get more and more attention. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Great news. Well, um, reflected in price too, you know, at 30 cents now. So exactly. obviously the market's liking that. Yep. Uh, I'm liking that. Uh, Swell Network, which is a truly decentralized uh, staking uh, validating provider, um, is um, is launching uh, late quarter one, 2023. So in March, they're going to launch their decentralized staking product. Their product is kind of similar to the way Frax has done it uh, on Ethereum in that they have built-in vaults in their platform. So you can take those receipt tokens and automatically have everything that comes in automatically start uh, generating yield in vaults. I don't know if it'll compete with like the 9% that Frax is doing, but um, it certainly uh, looks like a compelling offering. And it's a truly decentralized staking node operation and offering. You can have a whole node. You can do liquid staking. Uh, whatever you like. I interviewed those guys. Search on uh, Swell Network on missiondefi.com. You can find the interview where they explain, the whole team explains uh, how they built it and why. Um, I think it's going to be a powerful player in the staking uh, marketplace. So definitely, definitely check them out. Hmm. I'm, I'm over here on the other screen looking at my feeds. Uh, BitBoy is Satoshi. Uh, Sean, uh, we're, I think that's going to be announced today that he's going to move the Bitcoin uh, to prove he's Satoshi. So, Wait, um, aren't he, he and Craig Wright going to have a cage fight out there for us to see who is the real Satoshi? Yeah. <laughs> Niblet said, uh, any thoughts on why over the past week a set of coins spiked so hard? Canto, FTM, Apt, Magic. Um, I have my own theories about Canto and FTM. I don't know about APT and Magic. Zero clue about those pro projects. But my theory on Canto is big announcements. Um, Adam Cochran, big announcement from Variant Fund that they're buying into the project. And then the big move to this uh, shared revenue model for developers. Um, I think kind of there's like this uh, wave of people saying, oh, shit, I need to get in. Variant Fund is in. Adam Cochran is in. Both big influential uh, investors. And so I think that's driving it. And I think kind of media attention is now treating the project as legitimate um, as well. DeFi Llama showed this week that they're bouncing around between eight and nine in of all DEXs in, in DEX volume and trading volume. Wow. Um, so those, uh, I think all of those three things are kind of creating a sea change there. Phantom is boosting. Um, my theory is completely about how well the team is executing. Um, they're executing on their communications. Andre is, is doing reasonable communications. They're talking about their runway. They're talking about the projects they're building. They're not doing hype. They're just building out. I've had multiple interactions over the last week with the senior team at Phantom. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with everybody that's in place, what they're doing to work on BizDev, what they're doing to promote it. They launched uh, funding vaults 
um, this uh, last week as well to fund projects. Um, that's also an innovative um, uh, thing. Uh, Gitcoin grants are coming back again for them. So funding will be available for developers. I think that that one is really just as crazy as it sounds in crypto is a fundamentals move. Um, I think that the fundamentals of the platform of the chain are really strong right now. And people are saying, holy shit, why did I leave Phantom? So I think that's what's driving Phantom. I think that's what's driving Canto, that these are real kind of fundamentals plays. Now, sure, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of hype happening uh, across the board. But, uh, you know, overall, I'm 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 really pleased with kind of the fundamental pieces that are being built and the hype that's building around Canto as well. So good stuff. Uh, what did Eamon say? He said, oops, sorry. He said uh, that the upgrade just launched this minute. Oh, awesome. The, the 5.0, so. That's great. Great news. Um, like this minute. Uh, chain halted right now for a couple of hours for the upgrade. All right. Well, uh, and like I said, you know, I'm collecting 21% on staking, uh, collecting 231% in the lending pools. I'm very happy with it. Um, segmenting off some of that into staking every time, so. Look, I think that there's, you know, good news happening. I'm hoping that some of these projects are going to kind of break away from the overall market, right, because of their fundamentals. So Phantom, Canto, others, um, because these people are all now realizing they have to execute. And and hopefully, look, they'll have ups and downs with the whole market. I'm not saying they won't, but hopefully some of these projects can start breaking away because they're they're kind of building a fundamental case for what for why they have value. We'll see. Um, but that's that's my makes hope. sense. Yeah, that's my hope. Um, let's see. Let me get back over to Telegram. I'm on my iPad, guys, so I can't share a screen with you. Uh, Genesis is suing Roger Bear for $20 million over unsettled crypto options trade. So if those of you uh, that are a little younger and don't know, uh, Roger was known as Bitcoin Jesus. Uh, and then he got pissed off over the block wars, which we talked to Sean about last mm -hmm. week and uh, created competing products whose name do not deserve to be spoken. He was conning users into thinking that what they created was the real Bitcoin um, and causing confusion in the 2017 bull run. So a lot of people got screwed over by that project. They've had next to zero mm. adoption. Um, they're not worth your time or effort. And Roger Ver has been uh, you know, outcast from the, from the community, although he seems to have gotten a little more reasonable. Anyway, um, he owes Genesis some money for uh, some options trades. Not sure what the whole deal is with it, but couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah. I have no problem yeah. with him in trouble. But again, you know, that's a thing where, I mean, unless he has collateral posted that they can draw down off of, that's something that, you know, it's just going to be sorted out in the bankruptcy proceeding because he'll just not pay, you know, until it, you know, the judge orders him to. And even when you get a default judgment, it's still, you know, it's hard to collect on those. Um, yeah. You know, you need another set of attorneys to go to the banks and stuff and enter the default judgment and then, you know, try to get it out of the bank accounts if you can find them. Um, in this case, I bet he probably posted collateral and just doesn't want to settle up on the trade. Yeah. But it's, Sean you says know. Bitcoin Jesus is getting nailed to the cross. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh. I will tell you, it's a sad story because this man literally, I mean, he evangelized Bitcoin better than anybody. He was out there caught everywhere he went, man. He was like he'd walk into a store where he had no relationship and set them up with a wallet, dump some Bitcoin in their wallet 
and get it set hmm. up so they could start taking Bitcoin. I mean, he was literally on the ground doing it. He was speaking everywhere. He was the model, the model of how to get out and get adoption. And he was a great representative of Bitcoin and just completely lost his fucking mind. Um, I don't, you know, can't decide if it's greed or, or event or belief, but it still hmm. sucked. Sean said he's short 20 million collateral here and 38 million on other venues. That's pitiful for a guy who had so much Bitcoin early. Wow. Yeah. Painful. Yeah. I mean, had he just stuck with the real thing, uh, he wouldn't be in this position. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. MakerDAO is going to put $100 million into a urine vault. Uh, and earn 2%. They've already done, uh, I think, how much was it they were putting in? Um, they're putting in $1.6 billion into, con into Coinbase's Prime platform for 1.5% APY. Um, they're putting $1.5 billion into Paxos, I guess. And they, you know, they have $8 billion total in reserves. So, this is a, you know, it's a maker DAOs trying to make sure that they're continuing to earn and they have sustainability for their platform. I like the moves. They're very conservative, very, you know, smart plays. Um, the community is approving this stuff. So that's uh, that's good to see. Hmm. Yeah, good news. Yeah. Hey, do you have access? Can you? Well, no, we're probably not going to be able to do it off phones. But remember that there was that um, interview that I think it was Sean shared on uh, or retweeted or something on Twitter. With the uh, uh, the the BTC guy interviewing like some an ETH and a Solana person, and it's just laughing through the whole thing. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah, that parody did a parody meme clip. Uh, oh. I, but I can't load it because I'm on the. Okay, yeah. all right, it's good. We'll save that for next week. That was just yeah, yeah. so funny. Yeah, I was yeah. rolling around on that one. So that was funny as shit. Speaking of which, uh, Sean, uh, I'm going to put this in the show notes. Um, there, one of my favorite people in the Ethereum kind of maxi world, but not a crazy person uh, for the most part, is Haim Sw Solomon. I have an interview with him on missiondefi.com. You can search H-A-Y-M. Um, does these really eloquent, beautiful uh, Twitter threads on kind of Ethereum fundamentals, how the system works. He did an entire thread, Sean, you can see it on my Twitter feed as well, but he did an entire thread on the concepts behind decentralization, how it relates to protocols, how it relates to Ethereum, um, and whether or not it's important for projects and port protocols or if it's just hype, whereas he talks about how important he thinks it is for Ethereum. But I would love, Sean, for you to take a look at that and uh, give me your takes on it. Um, I think your takes are going to be basically the same as what we discussed uh, the other day on the show. But I still think it's an interesting thesis and it's an interesting he's a I, I highly recommend everyone follow him. He's just a brilliant writer. He deep, deep, deep dives into uh, Ethereum fundamentals, technologies. Um, how the systems work, and uh, just just a, a great guy overall. I, I, I really enjoyed meeting him and interviewing him. So uh, take a look at that as well. I'm trying to understand why I sent me this, why I sent myself this. Oh, Index Co-op is launching an index. So Index Co-op is indexes of tokens. Usually it's a collection of tokens. They are launching a um, index for staked ETH. So in other words, the index will buy into products that are staking products. Uh, right mm -hmm. now, they're buying into, let's see if it says what they're buying into. But if you want to get into the staking game, this could be a really great way to get into it, right? 
So I assuming, you know, kind of the stakes rewards will come back to the holders of the platform. Okay, so they're going to use Rocket Pool, Lido, and Stakewise. I've never looked at Stakewise. Now, I'm a little shocked that they're not going into the Frax platform, but maybe they think it's too new, uh, not well enough tested. And I'm sure they'll add more later. But you can buy this on CalSwap. Um, it's, a, it's probably a really great way to get into the ETH staking game without dealing with liquidity staking or building a node or, you know, being with one of the okay. providers and have your tokens locked up. Um, wow. So really cool concept. You can go to indexcoop.com um, if you want to play in staking, but you don't want to, you know, it's kind of like ETF or whatever. So you can buy without buying, right? So that's so easy. That's, uh, that is all the news I had loaded up. Shizzy said, uh, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Finney died a hero while Ver became the villain. Absolutely, man. He just mm -hmm. fucked it up. He just, it's a pitiful story. Really pitiful story. Let me see if any other news has come in while I've uh, been uh, chit-chatting with you, Joe. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? This was really interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. Coinbase's chief product officer left, like, I don't know, he's been there a couple of years. Um, but I didn't, I've never seen this before, but Coinbase wouldn't allow senior executives to trade on their options. They set up a bot that would automatically do it randomly for them on different days of the week and execute their options and, and buy and then trade and sell whatever. I don't know how they set it up, but this mm -hmm. guy walked with $105 million, uh, Sirajit Chatterjee, uh, resigned and is leaving with $105 million from his options. Not bad for a couple of years. No, it reminds me of when, when I was running Comgene, the fund back in the dot-com days, we'd hired someone to run a portfolio company out of human genome sciences. He was like, you know, Bill Hazeltine's number one guy there. And he, you couldn't sell the options there. Um, they had some rule. It was restricted like that because it was public. So they do right. these random sales at different times. So you could never really, you know, you kind of just have to, uh, to T-WAP out basically randomly. And so we hired him and he, he came in. So he was a juggernaut hire for us. But, you know, then I think that was before 9-11 and then the deals all fell apart. That company went down and he was always, he came up to me and he said something like, uh, you know, what, whatever, this was a mistake. And I said, dude, come on, man. You rolled out when the stock price was like 85 and dumped like 60 million in stock to come here that you couldn't have done before. So what are you whining for, man? You made a ton of money. So people do this. They leave because they can't, um, they can't, they get nervous and they can't sell. Yeah. So once you go, you can dump it. And then, you know, yeah. you got a nice nest egg and find another job. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people with all the exchanges popping up everywhere that are going to, you know, want that person's services. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. No, man. So, yeah. Yeah. Good move. Of course. I mean, Poly good Polygon's for him. number of unique active wallets rose 211% to 22 million in 2022. That's a oh, lot wow. of active wallets. In That's 2020. Okay. So when did we jump? I remember jumping to Polygon maybe February of 21. I was um, going to say, yeah, we were pre 2022 on that. Yeah. And I remember that was when it was like three or four cents a piece. But I remember that's in, we, you know, figuring out the bridges going in and all that stuff was really complicated. And I, I wonder if that's just, you know, how are people getting in there differently now? Um, like, is there a straight entry point in? There must be, because doesn't Coinbase wallet 
allow you to go yeah, right no, into Polygon. You can yeah. from Coinbase or Binance US into a Polygon wallet directly. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't have to bridge. So that's probably what's made it easier user adoption wise to get in there and why Absolutely. the wallets. Plus, it's cheaper. You know, back then, well, 2022, I mean, I mean, still, I was looking at an Ethereum trade the other day and I'm like, 22 bucks in gas. Um, you know, but back then, I remember it would be like $187 sometimes to do stuff on Ethereum. And so that's why we all went to Polygon. Um, but that's good. Good for Poly. I am, I'm happy for that, that team. Uh, I love that team. They never stopped delivering. Um, and the beauty of it is probably a good chunk of those are people like Starbucks who are deploying wallets and people don't even know they have a wallet. Ooh. You know, it's funny when you talked earlier about Phantom BD, I started thinking, I was thinking about Polygon BD and I'm like, I'm so glad to hear Phantom picking up the pace yeah. and, you know, starting to do those deals because all those people that did deals with Polygon, you know, they're all decent targets for Phantom as well um, because everybody wants to grow community, broaden reach, bring in more customers, grab more TVL, do whatever, but have yeah. a more compelling offering. So, so that, that's, you know, we'll learn more about that, obviously the next three days. And, you know, Simone's here as well. Um, he's been, like it, some of our stuff that we've been putting out the last couple of days about about the show and Phantom, so pretty easy for us to talk to him too, Brad. And, and oh, yeah. does he work? Does he work for Juan, or is I, he like different? No, capacity? no, Juan works for him. Um, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, Simone's chief marketing officer. Um, got it. Interesting. I don't know if he's here though or not. I don't know if Simone's actually here or not. I, I don't. I don't know if he's in person. Oh, maybe virtual. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, because he's European. Um, Celsius evidently has been, has won court approval for customer withdrawals as well as, uh, the flare token airdrop distribution. So if you had money locked up in uh, Celsius, go check with the, uh, uh, whatever website you use to check on your holdings. Um, the court has approved customer withdrawals. I have no idea what that means wow. or how, um, without a settlement of any kind, but evidently, um, that's who's reporting that. Uh, Coindesk is reporting that today, so that's yeah, that's really cool because it must have been, you know, they're treating it in bankruptcy as you know the way it's supposed to be, where you have compartmented customer funds, yeah, and then everything else. So they must be saying, look, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's it doesn't sound like there's a haircut from what you said at all. So you're getting it out at the at the value of you know numerical value of what you put in, not not pricing value. So that is promising. That's going to free up a lot of, um, a lot of capital, put some capital into the market. Because weren't yeah. they sitting on, what is that, about 200? How much was in there, actually? I can't remember. Do you know, roughly? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. So, but still, it's positive news. This, I hadn't seen this news. I'm just now looking at it. I'm going to put a screenshot in. Circle has launched a DEX. So the, the builder of USDC has actually launched a DEX competing with all the DEXs that use it as the primary token. Maybe this will be the nice impetus to get some of the folks in uh, DeFi to get the fuck out uh, of mm. USDC. I, I can only hope. Let me see if I can get the screenshot loaded up, but they've got, it looks like a Uniswap, uh, you know, clone. Um, there was a, there was a lot of chatter. Crazy. There was a lot of chatter in Twitter the last couple of days about, like Coinbase and others moving huge amounts of USDC over to USDC and then it's circling back over to the originator and then back out again. And, and there was a lot of speculation. What was it? Cause it wasn't going into burn wallets. It was just, you know, looping around. And I wonder if that's part of this Dex play. Yeah. Th I, mm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, uh, uh, 
scalping out from under your biggest uh, drivers of volume for your product. I'm, I don't, you know. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's like all the other guys will now just say they'll just delist uh, USDC on those those platforms. Yeah, man. I'm gonna do. Force. I think I'm gonna do a tweet thread on this because this is fucked up. I I I mean, I get it. It's easy money, and you know, all of the other stuff they're concerned about now, lending and everything else, is a problem for them. But this is. Uh, I wonder what some of the list the default listings here. Let me see. If, I'm gonna pull this back up and see. Uh, What's in the what's in the default uh, availability of tokens? That's kind of crazy. I mean, they yeah, can provide definitely... massive amounts of liquidity, right? I mean, you know, it's uh, it's uh, let me see what comes up in the token list. Oh, right now it looks like just Ave and USDC. Maybe I have to connect wallet. So Ave's in there. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, that's the one that I. I you know, always have confidence in them. And, um, yeah, that means that they're not, at, I mean, if you see them like kind of partnering up with USDC, that's telling me they're not at risk in the U S regulatory arena. Um, well, yeah, they've, they've obviously are trying to figure out what they're allowed to do and can't do. Um, but this is, uh, this is, this is really interesting. I don't well, yeah. Cause look, look at all the other ones, the other DEXs. I mean, they're not going to be pleased with this. No, um, of course not. Because, you know, the next step for them then is create a wallet, which I would do uh, if I was, uh, I'd want to do if I was Circle. Because look, I mean, I guess here's the play. The, the play is, is that you're trying to own the ecosystem, right? And so if you can create, if you can create this uh, regulatory compliant ecosystem, mm -hmm. then what do you do next? You build a wallet, you deploy a wallet, or you partner with MetaMask to be the wallet that's integrated with your platform, right? So what are they trying to do? They're trying to capture everything that's going to come in from regulatory, because what does that put them in a position to do? That puts them in a position to be the provider to the banks, puts them in a yeah. position to be a provider for FinTech, puts them in a position to be a provider for Web2. So every TradFi, institutional. So this is actually, I get it now. This move is, hey, we're gonna bring all the pieces together. You don't need any of this other fucking dangerous DeFi shit that's out here. You, you can do everything with us and have all the experience of this, we'll pull in the guys that are safe, who are regulatory compliant, and we'll be your gateway, right? So yeah. they, don't, they don't give a shit about what's happening in regular DeFi. Their bet, their bet is I can take in everything that's going to come in in the next bull run from institutional, from FinTech, from Web2, and I don't have to, and I can make it feel safe, and I don't have to worry about the DeFi Wild West anymore. So all you people that thought it was okay to keep doing USDC, this is your comeuppance because they're not going to include you if you're not completely doxxed, if you're not KYC'd, if you're not completely regulatory compliance, if you haven't registered, you're not going to get to play in the circle world. So um, yeah. I think there's a call to action to the rest of DeFi to figure out circle is not your fucking friend. USDC is not your friend. Um, and you should be considering what your options are. Now, if you want to play in their space, then go do all the registrations and get everything done and be the regulatory compliant. And I, that's great. I, that's absolutely fine, but it's not going to be DeFi anymore. This, this won't be decentralized. Right. So, yeah. And I don't see how they, yeah, look, this is going to make a nice kind of paradigm between, you know, we talked about sort of what, not deglobalization, but sort of compartmentalization around regulatory sort of um, trade fi kind of DeFi stuff. 
it, within the U.S. in particular is, is what I'm talking about because of what how USD its capabilities as a coin and what it can do in the wallets and things like yep. that. So, um, but outside of that will be all the fun stuff. And I think what's going to be interesting is I don't see how they're going to be able to get the yields in that fully. No, yeah. It's going to be one and a half, two percent yields. Yeah. You know. So you're, you're still going to be the risk reward paradigm will still be there um, yep. where now, you can go to the probably, other stuff. They'll probably, have a lending, they'll probably have a lending platform and they'll probably have, you know, higher yields from that. Right. But that's going to be a but, dicey regulatory issue for them. Yeah, because didn't is it, Coinbase still doesn't have that, right? Weren't they? They were keep getting in trouble for the yeah, lending they got, stuff. SEC refused to let them do it. Like they yeah. went through the SEC, come in and talk to us, uh, and we'll shoot down anything you want to do. Um, so that that's going to be tough for them. But what do you do if you're Circle? Well, what I do is I get acquired by or I acquire a bank. Right mm -hmm. now, you've got a lot of regulatory room for potentially doing some lending products. So, you know, um, yeah. look, I think this is the play. I, I, I really believe that this is actually, I take back what I said earlier. Uh, this is a smart play by Circle uh, to uh, cannibalize their existing base because they don't give a fuck. What they really, what about, what they really yeah. care about is sucking in everything that's going to come in from the people that are worried about the regulatory influence. So, Mr. Mochello, yeah. yes, Sprax is heavy on USDC. Um, and I got to tell you, um, if I'm Sam Kazmian, I'm looking at behind me, uh, worried about regulatory because I'm a United States, California citizen. Um, and so I've built out a shit ton of, of products that do not fit in the regulatory basket. I'm brilliant biz dev, brilliant marketing, brilliant development, um, all great products. But maybe this is the play that Circle says, hey, you're dependent on us. We're dependent on you. Um in terms of driving volume, you have all the products that would be attractive to our market. And maybe this is a play where Circle goes to Congress and Circle goes to regulators and says, look, I can take all this really cool shit and make it safer. And so we can keep out the bad actors. Let me be, let me be the player. Now, they're probably yeah. Coinbase is going to say, this is interesting dilemma for Coinbase because Coinbase is part of the alliance that developed USDC. But Circle is their own company, and they are now creating products that compete with Coinbase, right? Yeah. So this is a really interesting dilemma for Brian Armstrong at Coinbase. What the? How do you? How do you respond to this? Right? You're a centralized exchange. You're the gateway. But Coinbase is over. I mean, Circle's over here saying, "Yeah, we're going to do everything you do, and we're going to do it on, you know, Dex World, not decentralized, really, but Dex World. We're going to do all these protocols. We're going to bring them in." what do you got left coinbase because circle yeah. is an on-ramp on too right i can circle i can on-ramp into circle under usdc from my bank account so what do i need coinbase for anymore and there's a lot of dynamics in here that's really going to be fucking interesting with this play I, yeah sorry we're all, i mean I, sorry i'm trying to figure this out on the fly guys but we're just digesting it because i had no idea it was happening but this no is no really no it's interesting it's good it's good um i'm thinking that Look, if I'm if I'm Frax, if I'm Sam, now all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm London, Crypto London, let's say, or Crypto HK, now I'm thinking about, okay, if I see what Circle's trying to do, then I want to compete with that, or otherwise the whole, not the whole market, but a big chunk of that market's going to get locked up in New York for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking that 
you know, higher yields and things like that could attract more players into, say, a crypto London type uh, ecosystem that's a little more loose than, say, a U.S. regulated system. So, again, I think, you know, we're going to see, you know, Americans still do investments overseas and in different companies and things to capture yield. Um, I think we're going to see stuff like that where you're going to have the super, super safe, low yield kind of plays. Um, but then overseas, you're going to have the more um, exciting and fun stuff. As to Coinbase, um, you know, I think they have, I think they're a few years ahead of Circle still. Um, as to the DEX part of it, you know, I don't know if a Coinbase person's going to go over to Circle and trade on that DEX, but maybe new people will that come into Circle that aren't in Coinbase yep. will start at Circle. Circle's um, going to go into the banks. I guarantee yeah. you going straight into the banks because the banks already have approval now for allowing crypto holdings in the banks. That was approved last year. So now yeah. who's best to do it? Well, if you're a bank, you don't want to build that infrastructure. So what do you do? You use Circle. The users don't give a shit that it's a DEX or it's centralized. They don't care. But now Circle can handle swaps. Circle can give them everything in the spectrum, WBTC, ETH, anything that they are allowed, that they feel like is compliant, they'll make available to users. Users don't know the difference, right? So here's what you do. You're basically creating, it's kind of like what Roger Ver did, telling everyone it was Bitcoin. Well, this is telling everyone mm -hmm. it's crypto, right? And the average Joe isn't going to have a fucking clue. They're not going to understand that this isn't decentralized. They don't care that it's not decentralized. They just care that they get to play in crypto in their bank account. So they can log into their Bank of America account. Oh, look, what's this? I can play in crypto. Circle is the branded implementation for Bank of America. And now I can swap. I can buy. I can borrow. I can lend. I can make money. Yeah. I'm in crypto. Um, this is a really smart play by Circle. It's, it's fucking brilliant. It's really brilliant. Well, if they can get through all the, the thing is, we just had FTX rolling through, you know, dropping money all over government. And Circle's going to have to do the same thing to get sure. Congress on board. And I'm curious how much, you know, what the reaction is going to be um, by Congress people in that regard, just because they've heard it now once or twice. And so they're going to be super skeptical. And of course, you know, what's Coinbase going to do? They're going to be ramping up their lobbying operation. And they're going to be in there throwing money around and trashing circle to yeah. everybody. What's wrong with it? Why it's not good and this and that. So it's going to, you know, congressmen are going to get richer, obviously. Um, but I'm really curious to see how this plays out. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so that's that play. That's interesting. Coinbase, this whole war is going to get really fucking interesting. There's Binance US. By the way, Binance yeah. US got just got uh, ISO and something else as one of the safest... God, I don't remember what the wording was. Basically, they got certification as top tier safety for users uh, in financial infrastructure. Uh, Super Binance, VIP safety coin. Bi Bi Binance US just got the, well, no, the the ISO and the, the other big engineering. IEEE uh, -E -E or something like that. I Whatever. That they, one, yeah. They just got top level approval as uh, safest technology infrastructure for users, financial financial applications for users. Um, That's so good. that war is going to happen. But here's the next war, right? The next war is this. Everybody in fucking DeFi that's been depending on USDC for all of their volume, all of their fucking liquidity, it's time to rethink this shit. Because if you want to play in Circle's game, go for it. That's cool. Go do that. Go talk to Circle. It's a smart business move. It's not a decentralized move, but it's a smart business move. So mm -hmm. if you're in this game... And that's what you want to do. You want to reach more users because I think Circle will. 
if you want to reach integrations that Circle will have and you want to jump through the hoops of regulatory approval to play in Circle's uh, sandbox, you should do that. But if you if you if your goal is decentralization, if your goal is creating a financial a new financial system that's not dependent on this stuff, then you need to think about your dependency and your drug addiction, your heroin is USDC, because our entire space is dependent on it. it everything is dependent on it. Um, and so I think it's time for everybody to take a look in the mirror and decide which way they want their product project and protocol to go. You know, no fault. You can reach a lot of people through Circle and through Coinbase, Dex, and whatever else comes from Binance. It's all good. But if you if you're truly in this game for a new financial system and decentralization, or you want to be the Wild West part of it that Joe talks about, then it's time to rethink your dependencies. Yeah, yeah, and, and also and anybody. I'm calling out Sam Casmian mm -hmm. at Frax, huge USDC de dependency. The guys at Bean. USDC dependencies, you know, there are very few players right now that are not USDC dependent. So. So why is it just real quick before we go, why um, is it just that they're trying to appease the regulators, you think, or why aren't they more US, say, just for another example, USDT dependent? I think it was why just is a smart biz dev play at the beginning by by Circle. I think Circle was mm. aggressively involved at the beginning of DeFi and they saw an opportunity because they knew USDT already dominated the centralized exchanges, that penetrating any real depth of, of, of market was going to be tough. The only mm -hmm. exchange they really could get a lot of traction on was Coinbase, because Coinbase was part of the partnership for USDC. And so what they said was, fuck it, let's go out, look at this, look at this shit that's happening in DeFi. Let's go, let's go see this. And I'm sure they provided resources. I have I'm, I'm making all this shit up. I have no idea what they did. No, no, it makes sense. But, it makes sense. But I, I think they were just aggressive on the BD front and went into protocols, probably probably played, provided some grants, whatever. And, you know. Sorry, I had a call come in. And, and you know, like a good drug dealer, the first one was on them, right? So Hey, first taste is free. Tell exactly, your friends. Exactly, exactly. So. <laughs> all right, man, uh, what do we got? Eamon says, Bean was the chance to not require real asset dependency. Hopefully it pulls through. I hope so too, man. I really do. Uh, I'm done, Joe. Let's wrap it up. I'm fucking hungry. And I want yeah, to get going with the show. Listen, Absolutely. Eamon, Mr. Muccioli, Niblets, Shizzy, Sean. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Max Life, love you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for participating. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll still probably be a shortened show. Lunch starts tomorrow at noon, Joe. So, you know. Uh-oh. I don't know. Maybe we'll eat. We'll do DeFi lunch. Yeah, there you go. You want to try to do it at a table at, at a table in the middle of the fucking chaos? That'd be kind of yeah. Why not? Let's do that. That sounds super cool. And then tomorrow, so I can hear what the fuck we're doing. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Click the thumbs up. Smash the thumbs up on YouTube per Joe. See so you do it just like that. You have to do it just like Joe does it. Um, make sure you subscribe. Click the bell so you get notified of new episodes. Uh, thank you for listening and watching. Don't forget to get into Telegram, t.me slash Mission DeFi. The conversations are fucking great over there. Love meeting you all. Love getting to know you. If you're listening on the podcast and you've been listening all this time, you know, walking the dog like somebody has or driving their truck or going driving the kids to school, whatever it is, please come introduce yourself over on t.me forward slash Mission DeFi. We are having an absolute great time getting to know each other, talking about what we're interested in. We've got all kinds of topics set up. Anything you're into, you, we can we can discuss. Well, anything in crypto you're into, we can discuss. There's probably limits. We do have an off-topic conversation, but 
I think Niblets will be over there to talk about kink, but I, I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so well, as soon as you said it, we were thinking about all the kids driving to school, and I'm thinking about all the profanity we throw out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, parents. Yeah, there was some kid the other day with my daughter was over at the house in, in the living room and he cussed and he's like, oh shit, I'm sorry, your parents. And my, my daughter started laughing. She's like, you've never met my father, I guess. F-bomb is his middle name. Exactly, exactly. Thanks All right, everybody. Man. We appreciate and love you guys. Have a great day. Uh, James said, congratulations on the Telegram channel growth. Thank you, buddy. Nibbles said, ha. Yeah, Nibbles is in charge of off-topic conversations. So uh, Cool. Uh, Hey, and make sure you guys are checking out the Shizzy and Niblets show, DeFi Discussions. They're doing great work yes. over there. He's posting um, shows in the general category when, so we all know when he's going to be on. They're going to be on. So please do give them some love. Love and appreciate yes. all of you. Have a great day. Joe, I'll see you in two seconds. All right, buddy. Yeah, thanks, everyone. You guys have fun. We'll go uh, tackle the market for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>